you would, take your Bible and turn to the, the Gospel of John, the Gospel of John in chapter 4. It's kind of a lengthy reading, but we're going to try to get through, get through all of it right here at the beginning, and then we'll move on to the, the, the real meat of it. But, but if we don't get the whole story, then we, we won't leave, don't want to leave anything out. So we're going to begin in verse 4 of the Gospel of John in chapter 4. Verse 4 says, And he must needs go through Samaria. Talking about after Jesus had left Judea. Verse 5, Then he cometh to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, therefore being wearied of his journey, sat thus on the well. And it was about the sixth hour, and there cometh a woman of Samaria to draw Water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, asketh drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. But Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it was that saith unto thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked him. And he, would have, and he would have given thee living water. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence hast thou the living, that living water? And art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us this well, and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? And Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever shall drink of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not. Come hither to draw, neither come hither to draw. And Jesus said unto her, Go, call thy husband and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. And Jesus said unto her, Thou hast Thou hast well said, I have no husband, for thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. It, the end that saith thou truly. The woman said unto him, Sir, I perceive thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and ye say that you shall worship in Jerusalem as the place where men ought to worship. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me that in the hour the hour cometh when ye shall neither go shall neither in this mountain nor at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship and ye know not what. We know what we worship, for our salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is, when true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman saith unto him, I know the Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. Jesus, Jesus saith unto her, I speak unto thee. I that speak unto thee am he. And upon him came his disciples and marveled that he talked with this woman. Yet no man said, What seekest thou? Why talkest thou with her? And the woman left her water pot and went in her way into the city and saith unto the man, Come see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is this not 
the Christ. Heavenly Father, thank you for blessing all of us with the health and strength. Be safe out here again this afternoon. Lord, thank you for the wonderful day you've blessed us with, all the blessings of life you've given us. Lord, help us so we could always be thankful. We could always be mindful where our blessings come from. Lord, I pray that you'd help us tonight that we could open our hearts, that we might be willing and able to receive what you would have to say to us tonight through your word. Lord, help us that we could better in our lives forsake all and follow you. Lord, help us that we could see the, the majesty and the glory of Christ. Lord, help us so we might exemplify Christ in our everyday life, that we could be that light that we're required to be this lost and dying world. Lord, most of all, if there be a lost one here among us tonight, I pray that this could be the hour they could turn and accept Christ as their Savior for be everlasting too late. Bless this service. Uh, continue to bless the church and the pastor, all those I need to pray for. Forgive us of our sins. Jesus, now we pray. Amen. We read of an instance here of, of and, and everybody's probably real familiar with the, the story of the woman at the well is what we grew up learning it in Bible school. And I read the whole thing because if you don't really get the, the reason Jesus is there, then the, the last part is going to be a little difficult to grasp. In the beginning, Jesus talks about it. He has to go through Samaria. And here today, Jesus is going to get his word out. Regardless of, of whether he you gets to use us or not, whether we have the opportunity to be used of Christ or not, his word is going to get out. And Jesus here started the conversation. He came to this woman and the woman was at the well and he said, give me to drink. He started it. Whenever we go out and, and, and we're trying to be a blessing to someone in this world, sometimes we may have to initiate that contact. Sometimes we may have to be the one that steps out. Sometimes we may have to be the one that goes out of our way. And instead of going a straight shot from Judea to Galilee, we may have to go through Samaria. This is a place that Jews didn't often go. This is a place that, that was considered to be the, the bottom of the barrel as far as the social class. This is where the Jews didn't really hang out. And, and even if they accidentally passed through there, they tried really hard not to associate themselves with the Samaritans. And here Jesus being a Jew, the woman recognizing that he's a Jew. Not only this, in this day and age, in, in history, if you do a little bit of reading, men and women didn't really congregate together a whole lot, especially if you weren't married. And so here Jesus just talking to a Samaritan and he's talking to a woman. Sometimes we may have to step out of our comfort zone to be able to reach a lost and dying world. Jesus here stepped outside of the norm. He, he defied what was, what was normal and right in the eyes of the Jews. And he said, give me to drink. And then we read in the conversation here, whenever someone gets saved, their life is changed. We talked about that this morning. There's a difference in us. There's a difference in each and every person that receives Christ as their Savior. And the difference in this woman's life is what she left behind. And I want to focus on that just a little bit tonight. It says down in verse, uh, where are we at? 30, 28. The woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city. He left her water pot. She showed up to that well for one reason. She showed up to that well for one reason. But whenever Jesus came into her heart, that reason was gone. She had no need of that water anymore. She forgot about it. She had... More important things on her mind. How often today do, do, we, do we let the things of this world, do we let drawing water get ahead of, of us going back to the city and telling people about the way Jesus changed our life? How often do we not leave that water pot at the well? Just in my life, it happens too much. I let things of, of work and, and family and, and just trying to keep things straight and keep things together and 
I let that get in the way sometimes. I pray to God that he would help me with that. And, and we, we shouldn't. We should leave our water pot at the well. We should leave everything at the well. She left it all whenever she left Jesus. She left it all because she had it all. She received him into her life and she, she went about telling everybody about it. Not only did she leave the reason she came to the well, did she leave the, the things of the world behind? Did she become a new person as we talked about this morning? But she went and told people about him. She became that changed person. She became that, that, that person that, that exemplified Christ because she went and told everybody all about it. She said, where are we at? Verse 29, come see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is this not the Christ? She was educated. She said that she knew that Christ was going to come. She knew that there was a Messiah coming. And then Jesus introduced himself. He said, I am he. He said, I'm the Christ. And she left the water pot. Turn with me, if you would, to Matthew in chapter 4. Matthew in chapter 4. Most of you know where we're going, but I'm going to read it anyway. Jesus here is calling his disciples. Here today, if, if we're here and saved, we have been called. Not only have we been called, we've been given a task. Upon salvation, we, we receive the Holy Spirit within us, and we then become part of the great commission that we read about in Matthew and in Acts. We then become part of the massive conglomerate that we call the work of Christ, that we call the Great Commission. We become part of that. And in order to complete that task, you know, in order to be what God would have us to be, we have to leave our water pot. The disciples here that Jesus is called, Matthew chapter 4, verse 18. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets, and they followed him. They left their way of life. They left their family. No doubt if, if Peter or Andrew would have said, Hey, hold on just a minute. You stay right here. I'm going to go tell Mama we're leaving. I'll be right back. No doubt Jesus would have been gone. Because he didn't tell them, Go tell Mama you're leaving. He didn't tell them, Hey, put your nets up just in case this don't work out. And you can come back and start fishing again. He didn't tell them, hey, hey, in a day or two, I'll come back and get you, get your affairs in order. He said, follow me. He said, follow me. Whenever we're saved, we should follow him. Not only that, we should cast aside whatever we have holding on to, whatever we have holding us back, whatever is keeping us from reaching our full potential that Christ would like to use us for, whatever we have that's hindering us from reaching a lost and dying world. Whatever we have that's hindering us from being a disciple, living for God. And it said, I really like the word straightway. And straightway, they left their nets right away. They didn't hesitate. Uh, they may have thought about it just a second, like, what is this dude doing? But, but they dropped it. And straightway, they struck out. I believe they knew him when he saw him. I believe that, that there was a seed planted in their life before they met Jesus this day. And whenever he spoke to them, they knew him. Whenever he spoke to them and said, come follow me, they knew what they had to do. They dropped their nets. Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16, we're told not only to drop our nets. Down in verse 21, we're told to forsake all. Matthew chapter 16, verse 21. From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem 
and suffer many things of the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this, this shall not be unto thee. Can you imagine Peter grabbing a hope to Jesus saying, No, you can't do this. Peter rebuked Jesus. You talk about a man who, who had it together, who was bold. He rebuked Jesus. He said, no, you ain't going to do this. Peter's selfishness got in the way. I believe that Peter didn't do this out of, out of spite. He did this because he loved walking with Jesus. He loved Jesus being with, their, with them every day along the way, being able to, to see and to, to be a witness of the ministry of Christ. Peter was privy to, to things that the other disciples never even got to look at. And here Jesus is telling him how he's no longer going to be with him in body. And Peter said no. Peter got, Peter got let himself get in the way. Instead of forsaking his, his pride and his selfishness, he let it stand in between him and, him and Jesus. And he rebuked him. <laughs> and then Jesus says, But he turned and saith unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me. For thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. Peter let self get in the way. How often does our pride hinder us from reaching a lost and dying world? How often does our pride hinder us from, from bowing our heads and praying in a restaurant? Because we're scared of what somebody's going to say or think or the way, funny way they're going to look at us. How often do we, do we change our habits? Do we change the, the way we live because we're trying to, to not stick out? We talked this morning about being different. We're supposed to stick out. We're supposed to be separated. We're supposed to be different. And here Peter is, is, is getting stuck up in self, getting stuck in pride. He's not forsaking uh, what's best for him. Because here I, I believe that Peter knows what Jesus has to do. For the plan of salvation to be fulfilled. But Peter just don't want to turn him loose. He loves it. He don't want to turn him loose. Sometimes even something that we love so much, we have to turn loose for God to be able to use us. Something that we've got a hope on so much. If God is saying, go here, sometimes we have to turn loose that good situation and go. The, the missionary that was here this morning talked about how much he, he didn't really think about going to Belize. And then he ran from it. And how God got his attention. A lot of times we read of Jonah and how he ran from it. And God got his attention. Friend, we don't want God to have to get our attention. We don't want him to have to get our attention. Because he will grab us and he will shake us in a way that we don't even want to think about. If we don't go where he sends us. If, if we don't submit to his will. If we let pride, we let self get in the way. If we let something of this world grab us and we don't leave our water pot, we don't drop our nets, we don't forsake all for Christ. Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan. Imagine what Peter's thinking right now. Peter is just trying to, to keep Jesus. Jesus, I'm not going to let anything bad happen to you. I'm not going to let him touch you. I'm not going to let him crucify you. I'm not going to let him beat you. I'm going to protect you. Peter did this out of love. But Jesus, knowing what he had to do, said, get thee behind me, Satan. No doubt that's one of those, those moments that, that just drops on the heart of Peter like a rock. 
And Peter realized where he was. If you read about Peter in, in the Gospels and, and especially in Acts, and then you go study the, the two books of First and Second Peter, it's like a totally different person. It's like a, a totally different, uh, controlled, very, very spiritually uh, centered on Christ in the Gospels, not, not even close to rash, not even close to bold, not even close to, to rebuking Jesus. Peter saw something here. Peter saw that his self got in the way. Jesus said in verse 24, then Jesus then said Jesus unto his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. We can't let ourselves get in the way. All too often, we don't want to speak to somebody about Jesus. Well, what if they don't like it? What if they say no? What if I lose my job because I'm a public education teacher and I'm trying to tell somebody about Jesus? We can't let self get in the way. I'm not saying go out there and try to lose your job, but I tell kids about Jesus and, and they, they love to hear it. They don't mind at all. We pray in the teachers at our staff meetings. They always ask me to lead in prayer. They don't mind it. It is what it is. But what if we were scared? There's school systems around the world, around the country, and even in this part of Louisiana, Mississippi, that won't allow prayer. But is that going to hinder you from telling someone about Jesus? There's strangers that you see, and the homeless people. I told my kids I keep a... A bunch of those the little salvation tracks in my center console. Just a little bitty flip open trifold tracks. What is salvation? How to get saved? And I keep a pile of them in my center console. So whenever we get stopped, and we got stopped in Monroe at a traffic light, and there were some homeless people come up to the window. Instead of giving them money, we're handing out Bible tracks. And we're, we're just handing them out both windows left and right, me and the kids both. And one of the kids picked it up and began to read it. And he says, what, what is this? And, and he, he'd never been exposed to it before. Living right there within five miles of six or seven churches right there in the middle of Arnado. And he, he'd never been told about Jesus. He'd never been asked if he was saved. All too many times, he, these kids that, that we're in contact with every day is slipping through the cracks because we, we, we let self get in the way. We, we let things of this world hinder us. We don't leave our water pot. We don't forsake all. We don't pick up our cross and follow Jesus. And friend, there's a lot of churches that ain't going to make it because they're losing their young people. There's a lot of churches that's dying. Because whenever you go, and, and I'm, not, I'm not making fun of churches, but the, the whole crowd is, is older people. Even on Sunday mornings, you, you'll see a, a very, very small crowd of of young, of young people. They don't have youth sings. I was listening this morning. They, they said that y'all have youth sings here and participate in the youth fellowship and that is absolutely glorious because involving young people is a pillar of the church today. But we can't let self get in the way whenever we try to minister to young people. We can't let self get in the way whenever we try to invite them to church. We can't let the things of this world get between us and our opportunity to be used of God. Turn with me if you would to Job in chapter 13. Job in chapter 13, probably not another person uh, that we can think of, suffered like Job did. Now, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of people that's been through a lot of things, especially in the Bible. But Job lost it all. He lost everything. He lost his wealth. He lost his family. He lost his 
wife. He lost his friends. He lost it. He lost it all. Job didn't know why. He had no idea. But Job makes a statement in Job 13 that is absolutely profound. A statement that oftentimes we, we think that we can make. But here Job was in the situation that he had nothing left. He had nothing left. The only thing that he had was his life spared by God. Job in chapter 13, verse 15. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. But I will maintain mine own ways before him. Verse 16. He also shall be my salvation. Though he slay me, yet I will trust him. Though he takes everything from me, even though he takes my life, I will trust him. Through everything that Job went through, through everything that, that Job let go, he let go of his, his wealth. No doubt it hurt. He let go of his family. No doubt it hurt a little worse. He let go when his friends forsake, forsook him. And that hurt some more. And then his wife told him to curse God and die. No doubt Job was almost to a breaking point, but he didn't break. Job turned it loose. He said, God, what you want from me, what, what you're using me for, whatever your will in my life is, I'm yours. And if he takes my life, I'm still believing in God. Regardless of what God wants to use my life for, in all reality, I'm not in control. And as long as we understand that, it will, it will give us a better grasp of the faith that we should have in God. Because he can use our life for whatever he wants to, good, bad, or indifferent. Because if we refuse, then, then he's going to take our life in a direction that we don't want. He's gonna, we're, we're, we'll end up in the belly of a whale like Jonah, figuratively speaking. We'll end up in places that we don't want to be because we run from God. If we allow God to use us, he can, well, it says in the Gospels that, that he'll be exalted. That the first shall be last and the last shall be first. If we allow God to use us in, in our everyday life, if we allow him to take our life and to use it for his honor and glory, if we will leave our water pot, if we will forsake all and follow him, God has promised to bless. If we can get self out of the way, if we can leave our nets and straightway follow Jesus, then we can forget about the things of this world and keep our eyes centered on God. We will become better Christians. We will become better church members, better husbands, better wives, better children, better teachers, better preachers, better everything, better human beings, if you will, if we forsake all and we follow God. Now, I'm not talking about quitting your job and walking away, and, and, and that's a totally different thing. I'm talking about turning loose of the things that we're holding on to that's keeping us from doing what God wants us to do. I'm talking about turning loose of the things of this world. I didn't want to preach. I enjoyed teaching. I enjoyed talking in front of people, but I did not want to preach. I didn't. Uh, my mama told me I started doing podcasts uh, and, and I would do devotions, uh, called them good question Bible studies and kind of researching questions and answering them with the Bible. And, uh, and so my mom called me one day and, and I think Emily may have told me this. Uh, they said, are you scratching the itch? I said, what do you mean? They said, are you scratching the itch? I said, no, I, I, I just felt like I should be doing this. And, and I was trying and hoping and praying that this would, this would be a way of, of 
I just don't want to preach right now. I don't feel like I'm ready. I don't know enough about the Bible. And, and I scratched and scratched and scratched, and that is didn't go away. No matter what I did, no matter how I tried to get more involved in church and, and read and study more, it didn't go away until I surrendered. And there's that peace again. Whenever we surrender our lives to God, we, we, we're, we're, we're overcome with a peace that we haven't experienced in salvation. We're overcome with a peace knowing that, that regardless of what we go through, regardless of what we lose or what we gain, it's all temporal. It's all here. We uh, took my wife to Movie Star today uh, for lunch. Absolutely spectacular. We ate entirely too much. And there was a sign on the John Deere tractor right before you come on the buffet. And it said, uh, it said you can't take anything with you uh, when you die except for the food in your stomach. So eat up. We can't take anything with us when we die. And I don't think we'll make it to heaven with the food that's in our stomach, regardless of how good the fried chicken is. We're not going to make it. Everything here is, is temporary. But every time we forsake our water pot, every time we leave our nets, every time we pick up our cross and follow Jesus, we're laying up treasures in heaven. And friend, those don't disappear whenever this world burns up. Those can't be stolen. Those cannot rust. Those cannot go away. They cannot be lost. Those are treasures that we will have in the ever after. If we allow God to take our lives and use it for his honor and glory. The hardest thing in the world to do. And it's everybody is, is get me out of the way. It's hard. It's terrible. It's awful. But with the help of God, we can do it. But we have to turn loose first. My prayer to God is that each and every one of us can can turn loose of whatever is holding us back. Turn loose of that water pot. Turn loose of that fishing net. And make a statement like Job that, that though he slay me, yet will I trust him. No matter what God wants me to go through or where God wants me to go, I will trust him. Because God, God knows best. Everybody knows that. God knows best.